everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck. And today it's a 12-question version of the podcast with Trevor Bain of Roush Fenway Racing. Now, a quick word before we get started with this. At the start of the podcast, you'll hear a weird-sounding audio, and then the audio goes back to normal. What happened was my microphone that I use has been having some problems lately. I've heard it on a couple other podcasts when, when I edited the audio and I didn't know what it was from, but I think what's happened is over the course of the season, this microphone that I use each week has gotten a little bit worn out. And in fact, it got so bad that the social spotlight for tomorrow, which is with Paige Kozlowski, I'm not going to be able to post that as a podcast at all because the microphone never got plugged in correctly. So the audio that you hear basically at the start of the Trevor Bain podcast is what the entire Paige Kozlowski interview sounded like, except even louder with cars in the background. And it's just not good podcast quality. So I'm going to try to fix my microphone or see if I can figure out what's wrong with it. Um, Hopefully I can make it to the end of the season with this one before I got to buy a new one. But uh, that's just a, a heads up on everything that's happening. So no social spotlight podcast tomorrow. There will be a written version of it, just not on the podcast. But in the meantime, here is the 12 Questions podcast with Trevor Bain. All right, everybody, I'm here with Trevor Bain. Trevor, the first question is, how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Um, you know, growing up, most of it came from natural ability, but once I got to this level, I realized ability, and you're going to have to work at it. Um, I sat down in the office with Kevin Kidd probably two years ago, and we talked about that exact topic is how far is your natural ability going to get you versus a work ethic, and you look at the best guys, and they work hard. So I'd say in the last year, I've ramped it up to about my max. This year, I said my goal was to try to burn myself out, to work as hard as I could, see if results came from that, and see where it got me. Wow. Interesting. So uh, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, soon to be Dale Jr. have all either retired or retiring. What's your pitch for fans of theirs to become fans of yours? <laughs> I don't know if I have a pitch. Uh, man, I just always try to be myself, you know, and try not to compromise on any of my values or anything like that. So, um, you know, if they want somebody that's going to just be himself, that's me. Okay. That was weak sauce, wasn't it? No, I don't think that was, was that weak sauce? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what's the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? Hardest part of my job away from the racetrack is just managing uh, time with family. And I know everybody in our sport has that. Um, I bring my two kids and my wife with me every weekend. And they were screaming on the plane this weekend. And on the way here, I felt so bad for, for all my team having to listen to it. They act like they don't mind, but uh, I think that's it. My family means so much to me. So it just requires so much time and so much effort. You know, you listen to Carl Edwards and his retirement speech or whatever you want to call that. And, um, you know, he talks about how racing requires every bit of your attention all day, every day. And, and like I said, I'm working at it. I'm giving it all my attention. So um, just managing family life and racetrack. So, so most people, if they have screaming kids are on a plane, they don't know anybody. It's all strangers. And you're on the plane and it sounds like you're you're like oh, all these are all my friends with my team and i'm like oh no we we sat on the plane last night we're like we're flying commercial the rest of the year because at least we won't know the people and they can't you know be mad at us but um you know that that's it i think just you know dragging your family around 38 weekends a year four days a week and having them cooped up in the motorhome i just feel bad about that but um you know it's probably harder on my wife than it is for me let's say you're 
out uh, eating dinner in a nice restaurant and a fan spots you, should they come up to you for an autograph or no? That's fine with me. Um, actually, here at Dover last year, um, my wife didn't get to come for some reason, and I was up in the uh, restaurant right there on the back stretch, and a fan recognized me, and I sat down and ate dinner with him the whole time. <laughs> so he bought my dinner. I thought it was really nice. And so I sat with him and hung out with him and his wife, and they had been coming here for years and got to know him a little bit. But uh, I think stuff like that's cool, and it doesn't really bother, bother me. So they were eating and you sat down with them or they like sat down at your table? We were in line together and they were kind of, you know, doing the look and looking back, trying to be not obvious. And then finally they just turned around and said, hey, are you Trevor Bain? And I said, yeah. So I got up to the line and when I went to pay, the lady said, oh, they got it. So I thanked them and then they realized I was by myself and said I could sit with them. So I did and talked to them for a little bit. That's really cool. I like that. Uh, What's the story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? Story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? Oh, man. I don't know. I think it's just uh, something I was talking about before um, is just the work ethic of these guys. I don't know anybody in any real world jobs that work as hard as these guys do. Um, you know, the hours they put in the travel, the, the time commitment that it takes. And, um, you know, we try to show that. I think the media coverage and TV coverage, we try to show the work ethic of the guys. But my job's really dependent on them. Um, I can only do as much as my race car allows me to do. And so, um, you know, they determine how we run on the weekends and their work ethic and what we do at the shops. And so, um, you know, I think just painting that picture of just how important it is to work together as a team, how important it is for these guys to be as committed as they are to, to, for me to be successful or for us as a team to be successful. Uh, who's the last driver you texted? Last driver I texted. Oh, man. Well, we've got this whole cycling group text going on, so I don't know if that counts, but we're always talking about when we're going to go ride. But I actually talked to Carl Edwards on the phone this week, just checking in with him, seeing how he's doing, and that's probably the last guy I talked to. Is he uh, Is he going to come back? No. <laughs> he's loving life, man. I'll be honest with you. He's been all around the world bicycling and sailing, and it sounds pretty crazy, but uh, we were just talking about life. and It's funny how you know, people are gone for a few weeks and they're just forgotten about. It's unbelievable how quick our sport does that to you. And so I I think about those guys a lot, try to stay in touch with them. That's really nice of you. Uh, Do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? Some of them are. (laughs) Some of the personalities around here are race car entertainers. Um, I mean, that's what we're here for, right? It's for entertainment. Um, Now I try to do my entertaining on the racetrack, try not to do it on social media or after the races or whatever. But, um, I mean, that's our sport, entertainment. What is your middle finger policy on the racetrack? Give me the middle finger and you're gone. Um, Yeah, you're, you're dumped. I don't, I mean, that's like cussing me out to my face and, that's, uh, you know, Michael McDowell and I have always talked about that, that we've got a no middle finger policy. <laughs> and uh, I got it last week, and the guy got sent. So um, that's just how it is. I mean, I don't think you and I standing here would talk to each other like that, so I expect the same respect on the racetrack. And, um, you know, most of the time it's just heat of the moment when those guys do it, and they would never say that in person, but still you got to have self-control. And uh, so I, I kind of partially am an enforcer on that one. <laughs> Do people not realize that if they do that to you, that's going to happen? Because, I mean, it seems kind of dumb if, if that's your policy and people know that. Like, why would they even do that? Yeah, I think they found out a few times. And uh, then they're mad, like, man, what, what was the deal? I'm like, what did you exp- I mean, you're flipping me off. Like, how many times have you been flipped off on the road and wish you could send somebody, you know? So we can here, and uh, I do. So that's kind of my policy. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Um, some drivers keep a payback list in their minds for negative reasons. Do you also keep a payback list for positive reasons, like if somebody lets you in, cuts you a break? Yeah, I think I actually am more that way than the negative side. Uh, maybe in that race, if somebody ticks you off, you're kind of, you know, you have a mindset, oh, I'm going to get him or whatever it is during that race or make it hard on him. Um, but the same thing goes for, you know, somebody lets you in or you're racing them, you catch them from a straightaway back and they don't race you super hard and let you in early in a race. I think you definitely pay that back more so even than the negative side. Um, but it's kind of that race for me. I don't carry things week to week. You know, I can be just fuming mad at somebody at Loudon and we show up at Dover and I don't even think about it. So I, I feel like if you try to keep a checklist of good and bad in your mind, you're just going to be a mental head case. I mean, there's no way you could keep up with all of it. And then you're just going to be out to get somebody every week or out to help somebody every week versus just running your own race. And so I just try to clear the list every week. Um, who's the most famous person you've had dinner with? Most famous person I've had dinner with, man, I've had dinner with a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously all the race car drivers in here, I've at some point gone to a dinner with them. Um, <clears throat> man, I can't even, it's been a few years since I was in the famous club, you know, hanging out with people. Uh, right after the 500, obviously I was getting to do all kinds of stuff like that. But, um, man, I honestly, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't know how to think about it. What is something about yourself you'd like to improve? Something about myself I'd like to improve. Um, I think my goal this year was to finish as strong as we started the season, and I still think I have room to expand on that. Um, you know, you come to Daytona excited, ready to go racing, and by this point in the season, if you don't make the, the playoffs, you're kind of burned out. You're ready for the homestead to come and go race and get a month off or so. We just have a long season. So for me, it's just continuing to figure out how can I manage my season better, how can I finish as strong as I start and get the results at the end of the year. So um, the question from the last driver, it w I did an interview with Chase Briscoe, and he was wanting to know if you could um, race in any other form of racing and win a certain race, like an individual race, what race would you want to go win in another form of racing? You know, I'd love to say, you know, go run an F1 race or run the Indy 500, but there's no way my wife would let me get an open wheel car. So I'm not even going to go there. Uh, I think it'd be really fun to run a rally cross race and win an X Games gold medal or something. I, I was friends with Scott Speed and he was talking about how he never thought he'd get an X Games gold medal. You know how cool that is because it's action sports athletes and stuff. And I, I think that'd be kind of neat to go run one of those and get a medal at the X Games. Yeah, that'd be pretty badass. So I don't know who the next um, interview's with. Do you have a question I could ask another driver in general? Not me. Yeah, I already did Ricky. <laughs> Ricky, how many Pop Tarts do you eat a day? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man, know, right? <laughs> oh man, um, I'll ask the next driver. Uh, what do you think, Ricky? What Take we a got? chance. Ask him if you can have her car. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, at what point in the season do you start thinking about Homestead and getting to the last race? <laughs> There we go. I know for me, if, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know, I said uh, a couple weeks ago, I feel like it should maybe be like football. If you don't make the playoffs, you, you don't get to come play. So, uh, no, I, I think, um, you know, for the next driver is how do you keep your head on to finish the season strong? You know, since that's something I'm working at, I'll have to read their answer. Uh, but at what point in the season do you feel like the fatigue of the season and uh, start looking forward to the end? But during that, how do you keep your head on and keep pushing forward to the end? Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Appreciate Trevor's time. Pretty fun interview. And honestly, 
I could not figure out who he sent at New Hampshire. If you're listening to that part and you're like, who did he wreck? I'm not sure. I can't remember. And I asked a couple media people at Dover right after that interview. I said, who Trevor wrecked last week? And I, I don't know. So somebody tweet me uh, the answer. I'm sure you you guys paid more attention to it or, or remember that. I, I cannot figure it out. So let me know what you think. I do have some patron shout outs I'd like to give. And these were shout outs for people who signed up or increased their pledges in the aftermath of the whole anthem kneeling controversy, which I really appreciate their support as uh, other people were um, deleting their pledges. So this kind of made up for it. But people such as Corey Davis, Jeff Verga, Sherry Law, Nolan Sutton, and Hannah Anderson really appreciate all of you having my back as well as the rest of you who are still patrons and decide to stick with me um, this last month. Hasn't been the most fun at times, so thanks to everybody for hanging in there. So as I said earlier, no Social Spotlight podcast tomorrow due to the bad quality on my end recording the microphone. I, I got to figure that out, but hopefully I will have figured it out in time with a solution to do a post-race podcast for Talladega. So stay tuned to that because I'm sure um, that will be very interesting after a key playoff race where a lot can happen. So not sure which media member I will grab for that yet, but we'll try to figure something out. So in the meantime, thanks as always for listening. And I will talk to you this Sunday after the race on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.